Jones, and this is Writing My Writing Down, where we get writing done by writing down what we're writing, reading, and watching every day. It's the holiday season, and I love holiday content. Um, it's tough to stay accountable to your writing goals in this season when you're seeing family or maybe not seeing family because you're still in quarantine like I am. Um, so I recommend, as always, if you want to stay in touch with your goals for your writing, to write down a couple things that you're going to do that day and then do them, even if it's just... Today, before I make cookies with mom, I'm going to write for 10 minutes. I'm going to brainstorm for 10 minutes on this new project. I recommend you just start there because every little bit helps. Which brings me to today's topic, writing. It's a wonderful life. Okay, I'm ashamed to admit I had never seen It's a Wonderful Life, the classic George Bailey movie. So for years, people would refer to this movie that was like one of the best movies of all time, and I didn't know what they were talking about. But I finally watched it, and oh my gosh, the hype is true. It is such a good movie. It's a wonderful movie. Um, So I thought we would look at It's a Wonderful Life and talk about how As writers, we are George Bailey, and George Bailey has a lot to teach us. I'm not going to break down the writing of the movie. I'm going to use the movie as a parable for how wonderful and how hard our writing life really is. So let's get to it. Number one, lesson from George Bailey. Your past is an important part of your story. You have to understand your past to understand yourself and what you want to write about. The whole movie, George Bailey sacrifices himself and what he desires for the good of others. And it all starts with saving his little brother from the ice in 1919. Yes, you need to know that moment for your character, for your hero. I recommend checking out Story Genius, which is a great writing book that has exercises all around that. But also, you as a writer and as a person have that moment too, that defining life moment that crystallizes who you write for and what you write. My moment is probably getting diagnosed with cystic fibrosis when I was nine years old. I had been telling teachers and doctors that I was sick for years, and they didn't believe me because I was otherwise a healthy kid, aside from... (laughs) having a constant cough and not being able to digest my food. I mean, I had told people, teachers, coaches, you know, sports coaches, whatever, that I always had a cough. It had never gone away. I was, at nine years old, I was eating four or five adult-sized meals a day because as we later learned, one of the symptoms of cystic fibrosis is that you can't digest any food. And then, finally, At nine years old in fourth grade, when the doctor diagnosed me with cystic fibrosis, man, oh man, did I feel great. I felt so proud of myself because it really validated something for me that I was afraid of, that that I'm not a liar. You know, sometimes, not my parents. My parents are, you know, wonderful angels. But I would tell a teacher... I know we just ate lunch an hour ago, but I'm really hungry. And 
they would sort of accuse me of lying or of trying to get something out of them or um, that I was just being dramatic or that you couldn't possibly have had a cough for nine years. That's all in your head. But getting that diagnosis meant I'm not a liar. I wasn't imagining it this whole time. There really was something wrong with me. At the time, it was such good news, and I laughed about it for days. I mean, I can't tell you the joy I felt getting diagnosed with a childhood terminal illness. Um, So when I write, that's what I try to write. Joy in suffering, humor in sorrow. And eventually, you know, of course, the diagnosis stopped being a joy and became this, like, horrible tragedy. But... Those first moments, I just really felt vindicated. And, you know, I think that's the complexity of of a horrible time. And I, I try to put that in my writing. Number two lesson from George Bailey. You think that your writing career is going to be traveling the world, but it's actually the building and loan. Writing, when you start out, sounds so glamorous. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to meet amazing people. I'm going to be on set all the time, and it's just going to all be so glamorous. But actually, the daily grind of the practice of writing is closer to what George does every day at the building and loan. There's always going to be something that you wanted that didn't come through. So for George, it's traveling the world. And for me, that thing is acting. I really wanted to be a famous actress, ages 0 through 18. If you'd have asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have said, a famous actress, Julia Roberts. And just like George Bailey and his maps hanging up on the wall that he never traveled to any of those places, that's me and my acting career. I'd love to hear what your career thing that got away is. Maybe your thing is writing action movies, but you're stuck as a line producer right now. But George is actually great at the building and loan. Under him, the bank thrives, and his faithfulness at it, even though it isn't the dream, builds not only his own life, but the life of his whole community. And daily discipline at your pages is like that. 99% of writing is not glamorous. And it's going to feel like Every other writer you know is Harry Bailey, the dashing younger brother with lots of opportunities and a future and a bright, shiny bow. But you're going to feel like George Bailey, stuck at the same old thing in the same old rut day after day. That's okay. That's how we all feel. And that's where we grow in the daily grind of writing our stuff. Number three. You're going to be poor, frustrated, and down and out. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm teaching a class right now to high school students, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to get them excited about having a life in the arts, but also tell them realistically, you're going to be poor, frustrated, and down and out, like George Bailey. He's poor, overwhelmed, overworked, and also ungrateful. And that's you. I promise that you'll feel this way. You'll be grumpy, you'll be a bug to your friends and family as your writing just never goes the way you want and it might start to wear on you. You'll spend years not seeing the fruits of your labor. 
Brian Koppelman talks openly about this period in his life when he spent so much time slogging away. He felt like doors were closed to him. And then he wrote and sold Billions, the huge HBO hit about billionaires. It happens to all of us, the dry spell, the unseen years. Take a cue from George and use this time to invest in your community and build others up. And if you're lucky enough to have a Mary Bailey in your life who literally bails George out time and time again, be grateful for them. Show them appreciation. Mary Bailey's the best. Give her the moon. (laughs) Those are the people who make this whole thing worth it. Okay, number four. Your best writing comes right after that moment on the bridge. Other writers are your clearance. When you are George Bailey on the bridge just wanting to end it all because everything is crashing down on you, turn to your writing community. Your own dark night of the soul is where your best writing comes from. Imagine Clarence the Angel as both your writing community lifting you up And also, the angel is that script that comes in to save you and give you your breakthrough when you're at your lowest point. I don't know why, but it always happens after a dark time. I wish I had a clue, but I don't. It's just the way it is. I mean, I was on bed rest for a month last year, in danger of going back in the hospital on IV antibiotics. My lung function was at 68%, and I was very depressed. (laughs) And somehow, that's the month that I was booked as a guest on Jen Fulweiler's Sirius XM show, and I wrote an entire play that month called Everybody in This Play is Dying. And I wrote about how (laughs) depressed and sad I was that my acting career was dead and that I was back in danger of the hospital. And it was a great play, and I got better, and I performed that play, and it was a really uh, personally triumphant moment. So use your dark moments, your dark night on the bridge moments, to give yourself your Clarence script that's going to be the wings that the next leg of your career can fly on. Wings, legs, that metaphor got a little... (laughs) crowded, but you know what I mean. Okay, the fifth lesson from George Bailey is that your community is what makes it all work. You can't do it alone. I think that's the real message of the holiday season for all of us and of this movie. You just can't get through this life, this career, these hardships alone. When you get punched out at a bar, you need people who are going to be there to pick you up. I love the ending when they're all singing and he's holding his kids and he's sort of got his heart right. I mean, it's just the most beautiful holiday ending. Potter, the evil maniac, he's sort of like Hollywood, I think, in my mind. Like, you imagine Potter as the gatekeeper of opportunity who you think holds the keys to your success. Oh, if only he would notice me. I would be a star, sell a script, whatever. That's not true. Your community, the people who love you and have invested in you time and time again, that's who's going to give you opportunities and lift you up. I mean, just last week, I had this moment with a female producer. She and I worked together on a project, and then 
became pretty close friends. And I, I was sort of negotiating something, and I, I called her for advice, and she encouraged me to fight for more on the project. She really lifted me up. And I know I can go to her the next time I have something great. She'll be first in line, the first person that I want to give something to because she did it for me. And that's, that's how you make a career. It's your friends who are going to carry you through to the projects that really matter and to a life that really matters because your community, your town, your Bailey Park, that's what makes this whole slog worthwhile. So while you build your career, build your community. They are your Hollywood holiday ending. Oh, okay, I just want to go home and rewatch that movie again with some hot chocolate and my dog. This week I'm writing, I'm redoing the outline of my full-length movie. I wrote a whole movie in July. And it's the first draft, and it's not that great. And it's not that great because I skipped out on some work in the outline that I should have done, which is the story of my life. <laughs> so I need to go back. I need to redo the outline, and I need to redo the movie. And I will learn how to break an outline if it kills me. So I'm doing it again. I'm reading... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, actually. Hercule Poirot's Christmas uh, by Agatha Christie and A Christmas Memory by Truman Capote. And, of course, I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Elf is another favorite. And I've actually never seen the Charlie Brown special either, so I'm going to watch that. Um, let me know what you're watching for Christmas or what your favorite holiday movies are. I would love to watch them with you. I am home on my couch with my dog in quarantine, watching Christmas movies and holiday movies and imagining. So thank you so much for joining me. Use the hashtags writingmywritingdown and writereadwatch to show me what you're working on. I follow these hashtags and I read and share every single post from this podcast's Instagram at writingmywritingdown. You can follow me, Kathleen Jones, personally on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere at Hello, Kathleen J. This podcast was edited by the awesome and very British Harrison Lewis, who's on Twitter at HarryJTL. And if you're feeling friendly and in the holiday spirit, I would love it if you would leave this podcast a review. I mean, look, I can't promise that Santa will give you extra presents if you leave a review. But I did text Rudolph earlier, and he said it's definitely a possibility. If you have uh, reading and watching recommendations, please DM me and bonus points if you can connect me with the writer who wrote the book. Um, anything holiday themed, I celebrate the holidays until the bitter end of January. So, so let me know your favorite books for the holidays. Um, I'm Kathleen Jones. It's a pleasure to be with you and to spend my holiday with you. And this little podcast is Writing My Writing Down. If you want to get your writing done, write it down, especially during the holidays. Don't be a Scrooge to your writing. Share your time with your writing and share your time with your family. All right. If you want to get your writing done, write it down. Bye. Bye.